Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. It's a Monday. Welcome to the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney. And I'm Juliette Sali. Happy Monday, or not so much. A bit of a fizzer, wasn't it? It started off really <laughs> well. Actually, I was surprised by the strength. We had that positive start on Wall Street, um, but it was sort of one-way traffic then as we moved through the day. Yeah, indeed. And kind of really interesting, just all the different sectors moving in different directions. Certainly a lot of focus on those energy players, which we'll get to in a moment. But lithium players were hit hard, so a big drag in the materials space. And overall, just a bit of a ho-hum finish. And I think the ASX 200 as well, uh, virtually unchanged. I'm only seeing a point two of a point change, so 7195. We'll see, um, you know, once the last of the day's trades go through. Of course, we'll revisit it in this program. But I also noticed that a lot of the best and worst performers weren't coming through on any news. It doesn't mean that there wasn't news out there because mm. there's actually quite a lot of news, but it, it's just, you know, the best performer at this stage, Credit Corp, up by 4%, no news, and the worst performer being Star, I mean, a very volatile stock, mm. but down close to 9%. Again, I can't really see any news associated with it. More buyers and sellers? Yeah, that's it. M&A <laughs> right. um, Monday, though, I mean, yeah. we're talking about Woodside Santos on Friday, and now there's a lot more happening potentially in the healthcare space as well. Yeah, so Sigma, sort of a reverse listing. I know you've heard about it already for Chemist Warehouse, but they firmed up those plans today. It was the stock of the day. We'll get there in just a moment. But I mean, this is a big deal. By any stretch of the imagination, it's a big deal, more than $8 billion worth. And what it does, Juliet, as you know, it brings you know, Chemist Warehouse, not just to be a publicly listed company, mm. but it's going to be immediately one of the top 200 companies. And then think about Sigma shareholders, what they're yeah. getting for their piece. Of yeah, it. incredible. I do love Chemist Warehouse. That's I do too. Well, talk off air. I was told yes. about a sun cream that is Ooh. cheap, but very cheerful and effective. I like oh. cheap and cheerful. Um, data dump. Now, I came in midway through today. What mm. was all the key data? Well, today there wasn't much, but I think it's that we've got so much coming this week. You know, yes. here locally, we've got the NAB Business Survey. We've got jobs. But we have inflation in the States, mm -hmm. we've got the FOMC, we've got the BOE, a whole host of other uh, you know, central banks. And I, I just think we should also pay attention to China. So we had that inflation data that is showing these deflationary um, pressures you know, really evolving in the economy. And, that and you put, pointed out shares at a yeah. one-year low or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. the blue chip um, index there, I think, was down at around five-year low. So I dare say that that's probably part of the reason why we're seeing our, our own market come under such pressure. But then what I think is really interesting is that they're still going to support, and there's always that mentality that China is going to still support. And that's why you continue to see this ratchet in iron mm -hmm. ore, which is also an incredible story. Yeah, really interesting dynamics today. But to your earlier point, Juliet, energy was the best performer. We saw a lot of strength coming through for the likes of, of Woodside, 
Biden Santos again on that M&A, um, you know, speculation. But in the energy space as well, we did see oil prices rising on Friday. Indeed. Let's have a look at some of those energy stocks to uh, round out the session. I think Woodside sort of came back a little after it underperformed on Friday. And then Santos was up by something more like 7% on Friday. So not mm. surprisingly that it didn't do as well today. Um, Andrew had a good conversation with Todd Warren from Tribeca for the Global View. You can find that online. He gave us his take on, you know, who's going to have to give more or who's going to have to come to the party uh, a little bit more significantly. I guess I'm not giving anything away by saying it's Woodside, but good analysis there. And he also commented on iron ore as well. So you can find that online. Uh, let's have a look at some of those consumer stocks as well. Uh, JB Hi-Fi, I mean, that's interesting, that class action that is being brought about. We had that in one of the stories today on on some of their, let me just find that while we look at some of like the other stocks. Extended warranties. Yes, extended warranties. That's right. So uh, JB Hi-Fi, though, going higher and then a couple of the others under pressure, Aristocrat down a tenth of 1%. Miners, interesting. Okay, so gold, lithium underperforming. BHP has looming industrial action. But then Rio Tinto and Fortescue, I think you pointed out. They're at multi-year highs. In fact, Fortescue, I think, near an all-time record and Rio at its highest since mid-2021. And this is just, again, this fascinating story of iron ore. It closed above $135 a tonne on Friday. This, a metal that just in August, Goldman Sachs was saying would be in a bear market. And now everyone's scrambling to really try and adjust their forecasts again. Although I was reading a note from CBA this morning and uh, yeah, they still reckon that there will be pressure coming through on the price of iron ore to start 2020. 24. So making hay while the sun shines, those mm. Fortescue investors. And then Infotech, I think, is the poster child for today. Saw strength in New York on Friday and then, you know, was up to start the session. But by the end of it, I think overall, I mean, this is quite a mixed picture here, but overall, the uh, the tech index uh, ended lower today. Yeah, let's have a look at some of those uh, top stories. Well, we talked there about JB Hi-Fi. So that Morris Blackburn launching the class action there uh, claims, as you said, in relation to those sale of extended warranties for the unquantified amount. And JB Hi-Fi says they'll vigorously defend that. Yeah, okay. And um, Costa Group, I added this late, Juliet. I don't know if you saw it, but um, come out with a profit warning, essentially. Mm. I mean, such a cyclical business, uh, so weather dependent. They're pointing to the weather, uh, saying that it's just going to be adverse and it will be impacting earnings for calendar year 23, so down by about 4%. And uh, Dexas changes there at the C-suite. Ross DeVernay will be coming the chief executive from March and he'll replace Darren Steinberg, who announced his resignation in late October. This is an interesting one. So private company Kin Group, which is already involved with PACT, has upped its offer to 84 cents. And um, clearly that's done good things for the share price. It looks like the board will be endorsing the deal. So yeah, Pact Group shares up by 23% today. And uh, Platinum Assets, some changes there. Jeff Peters named CEO and MD. Uh, stock of the day though, had to be Sigma. Uh, David Kosh was the host of the call today. Here's what his expert guests had to say about this one. The analysts have got a hold recommendation on it. They'll be doing an analysis over the next couple of days. But yeah, I think that Chemist Warehouse it's a very, very good business. It's been leading the, the industry for a long period of time. They've got 600 stores around the country. Sigma, as a, a wholesaler and distributor of, of the uh, pharmaceuticals, gives them that synergy, as you said, about $60 million initially, their forecast. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting business. It's uh, an area that, that we haven't really been able to invest in as 
as retail investors previously because most pharmacies uh, are privately owned. Uh, so this will really be the first opportunity to invest in, in a major pharmacy retailer. A lot of questions in regards to, to how that works on a, on a competition and uh, and a regulatory uh, front. My question would be, and, and the key question here is, Koshi, like you mentioned, well, if you're not in the stock, is it a buy, you know, is it a potential sell? What do you do? Um, my answer to that is that there's still probably a lot of work that needs to go into understanding what the entity will look like going forward. So, you know, just a quick metrics, I think, um, you know, it's going to be approaching around a $9 billion market cap. I'm not too sure. How haven't had enough work done on the debt side. I'm, I'm missed if that was a hold or a buy there from Daniel Ortiz. But um, look, you can actually listen to the extended version of those stock of the days online. There's a there's a little rail, there's a little section of the website that you can listen to them in their entirety. So Indeed. All right, let's get to our guest, uh, Josh Gilbert, of course, from eToro. Uh, Josh, I got a text from my dad today saying the financial markets are pathetic over 2023. <laughs> I mean, we're unchanged today. We're unchanged pretty much on the year. Is, is that a bit harsh, pathetic? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends where he's looking, but I, I, mean, I think if he's looking locally, you could probably agree with that uh, for sure. I mean, it's not been a great year all around for for the ASX, but um, maybe if he maybe if he was looking at Bitcoin, he might be thinking slightly <laughs> differently. But maybe that's a question for another day. But yeah, we, we sort of clinged on to gains, maybe lost gains towards sort of the end of the session today. After what was obviously that strong open, um, obviously you know great lead from from Wall Street. Um, but as you say, the ASX has sort of really underperformed. You know, this year we've had two weeks of of sort of straight gains, though. So maybe we should take a little bit of positivity there. Six weeks of straight gains from the S&P 500 as well. Um, and it's a big week ahead. And I think that the difficult thing going into this week is, is that, as I say, two weeks of gains from the local market, six weeks of gains from the S&P 500. Unfortunately, I think that puts a little bit of risk on, on the downside as we head into, you know, a big week of, of sort of data coming up. Yeah, well, that was one of our key themes, you know, just the, the data, not just here, data, whatever you want to say, but overseas, you know, central banks, sort of what is looming um, most significantly in your mind? Well, I think firstly, it's probably going to be sort of US and um, in terms of uh, CPI and then FOMC. I think those are probably the two sort of risk events for the week that will affect our local market uh, more than anything. I think obviously CPI is going to be sort of really key because, you know, we, we've sort of got those expectations that changed a little bit on Friday after that sort of jobs print um, sort of parred back expectations for rate cuts slightly. We went from sort of 50% chance for a cut on uh, in March to sort of down to 40%. So I think if we see any sort of stall in inflation this week, that may drop those expectations slightly. And I think that will put markets um, on the back foot, as I say, coming off of what has been a, an amazing six weeks for the sort of for US stocks. And then obviously it's the, it's the interest rate decision. I mean, bottom line is that we're probably going to see the Fed stay on hold. Anything other than that, I think, is going to be a massive surprise to markets. And and the Fed aren't really in the camp of sort of surprising markets, as we've seen from the RBA uh, in sort of 2023. But I think that then means that we turn to the statement in terms of the press conference. And I think the comments on sort of where we're going to see rates over the next 12 months is going to be the sort of the key driver. And if that CPI print does come in slightly uh, sort of lighter than expected, slightly softer, you know, Jerome Powell is going to have a really tough 
um, sort of challenge on his hands to, to sort of keep markets in check because uh, you know the, those sort of expectations for cuts in March are just going to go up if we if we see a, a sort of a, a better than expected CPI print this week. Josh, I should clarify, my dad doesn't look at Bitcoin, but you do. And just with all of that data that you're talking about, particularly the Fed, it's been really interesting. The this drop that you saw early in the Asian session as well. Just talk us through that. Yeah, so look, we, we've had a great couple of weeks and a great year all round for, for sort of Bitcoin. We had a huge run as we sort of head into the new year. Plenty of optimism of what's ahead. And I think look, the market has just got a little bit carried away, um, you know, sort of maybe quite a little bit of um, sort of leverage traders sort of come into the market. And I think it looks like, you know, a little bit of profit taking as well. Again, if we think about how far we've come this year, 160 percent gains to start 2023 or to, to sort of throughout 2023. So for me, I think a little bit of profit taking as we head in, we're sort of maybe waiting for that sort of next catalyst, which I do think comes next year, whether that's from, you know, ETFs, whether that's from institutional demand, that improving macro, which obviously has sort of affected us uh, sort of today, return of VC capital, Bitcoin halving, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So a bit of profit taking, I think, in, in sort of my eyes after what's been a great month or two for Bitcoin. All right, Josh. Um, look, we'll leave it there. Great way to start the Monday. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. You too. Josh Gilbert from eToro there. We're going to be kept very busy, mm. I think. Your dad might be as well. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Maybe he'll start looking at Bitcoin. <laughs> Hi, if you're watching. All right, let's have a look at the market leaders. Um, as we close out, you mentioned Credit Corp rising on no real news. Also in that kind of space, Magellan up by 4%. LaVisa. Now, I got out my Christmas earrings that I bought in LaVisa Singapore mm. the other day. It had a good day up 2.6%. I was in LaVisa with some children buying gifts this weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, look, the shops were busy. Look, what can I say? Gold did come under pressure. So did lithium. Star Entertainment, I mean, it's just been a litany of bad news for the company, down by a further 8.6% today. And having a look at the small end of town, uh, you're better at this than me. But Pat, what was behind that? Oh, you, we yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, 23%. Yeah. Yeah. That improved offer. Bizaloy Steel actually got a bit of a contract win in relation to the AUKUS submarines, the nuclear submarines. I said earlier I was going to check out what happened with Experience Co. because we often speak with them. Um, I'd be yeah, interested to see if there was some sort of an update on tourism because that is obviously uh, really front of mind for a lot of these uh, companies this, uh, you know, just post-COVID. It, it's taken a long time to get these tourists back, particularly from China. I didn't see any news associated with these companies. I have a feeling something has gone on with 4D Medical um, because a viewer actually wrote in about that one as well. So we'll check it out for tomorrow. But um, look, for all the companies that move forward, there's always a flip side of the equation. Yeah, and Experience Co up 5.4%. Mm. Um, having a look ahead to tonight, not a lot. I mean, we're talking about in terms of the, the week of the data being big, but tonight only one, but it is a big one, isn't it? It's the consumer inflation expectations. So we'll be uh, keeping a very close eye on that and then here tomorrow and um, we will be looking at um, you know the RBA governor Michelle Bullock now the title of the speech uh, is not thrilling as they often are not mm. if I'm just being honest but it, it's often the color that comes out in the Q&A that is really interesting and that yeah. adds to the conversation so we'll be watching out for that and then the NAB business 
conditions survey confidence as well. So this is for the month of November, along with consumer confidence. We know consumer confidence has been so so knocked around. Yeah, I just wanted to have a look on what it was. It's the statement on the conduct of monetary policy. That sounds like a KPI performance <laughs> review for the end of the year, doesn't it? All right, and of course you talked about all those inflationary pieces coming through as well. Let's have a look at where the market is. I think it's still virtually unchanged. I mm. mean, 0.1 of 1% there on the SIBO 200. The ASX 200 is not even up by one full point. Um, 7,195 is where we close. The All Lords 7,407, say it's seven. Do we, just, yeah. do we just call it flat as a pancake? Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. Um, look, all we can say is at least it erred to the uh, side of a gain. So adding slightly, <laughs> ever so slightly to last week's gains, but look, there's lots going on. China, all the data we talked about, um, you know, some companies still getting out those warnings before the end of the year as well. And, you know, Juliet, only only a couple of weeks left in trade. I know. It's it's, I can't believe how quickly this year has flown by. All right. We will, of course, be back again tomorrow to do it all from 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And hello to Juliet's dad. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.